Welcome back to the Cracking Night Show, ladies and gentlemen. The tune of Carol of the Bells tells you that it's Christmas time, which it is. And if you're listening to this podcast on or around the day it's released, then it is very close to uh, Christmas Day. Uh, Joining me as always, I was waiting for somebody, I was tempted to do it myself. Um, but I thought if I start with that, it's going to freak out the listeners. If you literally just open the podcast, with, oh, 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 they're going to be like, wow, what the hell is this? Um, so thanks, JP. Thank you for that, doing that, was, that for us. That was mate. my best Santa. I had to throw it in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was better than mine, mate. It was good. It was good. I should have, I, I tried to find some songs that weren't copyrighted um, that we could use at the beginning. And um, surprise, surprise, uh, most of Christmas songs are heavily copyrighted. So. So, Carol of the Bells, it was. Anything in the last 50 years, pretty much, yep. So. Yeah. I think this is how Mariah Carey keeps the lights on, to be fair, if it oh, wasn't for she's Christmas. Made, she's made, I've read the stats on that. She's made bank on that song alone. Yeah. <laughs> A fortune, <laughs> as if she needed it, but uh, yeah, uh, good for her. How does she survive? <laughs> yeah, um, <right>. So, <laughs> I'm sure she's feeling the cost of living crisis like the yeah. rest of us. Yeah. Um, it's, tough. it's tough to be Mariah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I actually have to say, I know it was one of the questions that's put in. It was about best other things, but just covering Christmas songs, I hate that song. I just, you know, maybe this is just like a people get a typical bloke. No, no, I just, I generally, I generally don't like that Christmas song. I like lots of Christmas songs, um, but that yeah, one, I, not so much. I'm with you. I, I do, I do find that one a little bit annoying. It's, uh, and it's so popular now, it just gets played. Mm. A whole That's probably lot, why so. I think. Yeah, it gets a so. lot of airtime. So I'm with you. Not my favorite Christmas song, but uh, to each their own, I suppose. Somebody likes it. So <laughs> I like that. I like that. Somebody likes it. Now, a couple of my favorite Christmas songs linked back to our to Christmas movies. So we're going to come to that in a bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, but we actually have some news. So I'm going to find the news jingle. There it is. classic it is a classic not as good as the acapella version by jp but we'll, we'll stick with the original today <laughs> um we've got two bits of news to cover so the first one involves the seattle kraken um which a surprise there to be honest when i saw it i thought is it april 1st um but it wasn't so waivers are not normally somewhere that you find kind of diamonds in the rough if you will you tend to find a lot of players that fall out of a third or fourth line of a team and they get picked up they get dropped they get picked up tends to be the way it rolls or as we were talking about a couple of episodes ago goalies can end up on waivers because you have too many and then they fall out um but in a move which i thought was Shocking, but what a great turn of events for Seattle. Uh, Tolvanen, who was obviously on the Nashville Predators and was a previous first-round pick, although it is worth pointing out, I'm pretty certain he was pick number 30. So when we say first-round pick, you know, we are using that term as loosely as it gets, you know, <laughs> 30 <laughs> out of 31, because right, uh, right. it would have been, oh, actually, it may have even been 30 out of 30. I'm trying to think, was was the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in? I think they were. But anyway, it was either the, the the second from last or the last in the first round. Put him on waivers and Seattle picked him up, which means there was a hell of a lot of teams that didn't. Because I'm pretty mm. certain the waivers list, or like the, the, the order, is based on the standings now because we're so right. many games I, in. I think so, yeah. 
which means that, you know, given the Seattle are quite high up the standings uh, in surprising most of us that they're still there, but it's, um, it means a lot of teams said no, but what a pick up for, for Seattle. I mean, okay, yeah, he maybe hasn't lived up to his first round pick status yet, but even if he turns out to be just a solid goal scoring third liner, we've paid nothing. Yeah. Not a thing. What a pickup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lo- low to zero risk. I mean, there's there's mostly only upside, right? Potential mm. there. So yeah, like you said, even if he's just a depth player, like it's still great for the roster. So yeah, it was a it was a good find there. Exactly, exactly. And then the second piece of news, which surprises, is that uh, Mr. Foley reached into his deep pockets <laughs> and uh, found enough spare change to go and purchase something else. So he went and bought, uh, I say he bought, technically the Black Knight Football Club is the owner um, Mm -hmm. of AFC Bournemouth. Now, I wasn't going to bring it up on this podcast, but we got a couple of requests to talk about who they are. And it's a team that obviously I know well because they're based in the UK, um, based in Bournemouth. What a surprise. What a surprise (laughs) they're based there. Um, Now, they're known as the Cherries. Well, I did mention about them being called the Black and Red Knights. That's not obviously their actual nickname is the Cherries. What's interesting about Bournemouth is they, I mean, look, they've been going for a long, long, long time, 123 years to be precise, as they were founded in 1899. Um, but what makes them a really interesting team and one that may be interesting for listeners to follow if you're into soccer uh, or football, uh, if you're not, maybe this is what will get you into it, but they, they're kind of the underdog in the Premiership. So they got promoted to the Premier League a couple of years ago. They got relegated about two years ago, spent a year back in the Championship and then got promoted last year. And now in, obviously, English football or soccer, we have divisions rather than rather than it being everybody's in the same league. It's just conferences uh, in the Premier League as the top league. Then you have the Championship, which is the first division or the one division down from the Premier League. And League One, League Two, so on and so forth, and and Bournemouth have really risen through the ranks over the last you know, 10, 15 years um, of the club's existence, and have done this through shrewd management, through buying quality players, and not spending a lot of money. So they are kind of this underdog team. So they've got a ground um, that is considerably smaller than than everybody else. I mean, their ground, which is known as, as Dean Court, is got a capacity, according to Wikipedia, of 11,364, which is actually less than I, I thought. I thought it was around 15,000. So the fact that it's only 11 and a bit is small. Now, the average Premier League stadium is at least 40,000. So one of the, the things with Bournemouth is that they've never really, they've always felt like this kind of underdog team. Um, but as I said, when they came into the Premier League, they surprised everybody. Their manager at the time was a guy called Eddie Howe, who's now managing uh, Newcastle United, was touted to be England manager uh, a few times. Um, but it was kind of this Cinderella story which stayed on. Then, unfortunately, when they got relegated, it was everyone thought that was maybe the end of their Premier League stay. So now there is a fair chance they may get relegated this year. They're not doing too bad, but... That you know, there it's it's a tough league to be in if you haven't got the cash. I'd be interesting to see what Foley does. It's unlikely he spent this much money on the club to watch it get relegated and not do anything about it. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, and you know, let's be honest. We watched this with Vegas. He he's he's kind of the win now mode that he has with Vegas. He may have to temper those, um, you know, expectations a little bit. I think if 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 
Bournemouth stay up this season, they'll have done very well um, in an extremely competitive league. I mean, you know, we think about sports in America and the amount of money, but I mean, you know, these teams in the Premier League are owned by utter billionaires and they throw ridiculous amounts of money. You know, teams will spend three, four hundred million a year on transfers and not even blink. Um, you know, we know, you know, anybody that follows soccer knows that people like Man City and and that are owned by, you know, just ridiculous wealth. So it's it's one of those where for them this year, if they can stay up, I think they will have done well. Um, but they're, as I said, they're the team that you can't really hate because they're kind of like that underdog team. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a a purchase that an acquisition that makes sense for Bill Foley in terms of not only that mm-hmm. he's clearly addicted to owning sports teams now, like that's his <laughs> that's the fourth yes. one I think now because of the Silver Knights and then the Nighthawks, right? The Arena Football Team that play here. Yes. Uh, and so that would be his force. So not only is he addicted to owning sports teams, but right, that's a it's a sensible purchase for him. And right, he can inject a lot of cash into the organization. I read an article too that I think there he's first thing he's going to do. They're going to build a new practice facility. I think their practice facility is pretty run down and old and and not quite state of the art like a lot of the Premier League practice facilities. So he's already going to pour. Mm-hmm money into it and but like you said right it's it's a little bit different than the nhl and some of the american leagues you know it's the it's considered the premier league in the world and the top Mm -hmm. like four or five teams in the league like you said just absurd salaries and there's no cap right and um (laughs) yeah so there's no no cap so that's one thing to consider and then the the rosters of some of those top teams are just absurd i mean you've got you've got international superstars who are sitting the bench on those teams. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. good they are. They, they've got, I can't remember what the, what, how many guys do you, do you dress? 22, maybe something like that. Right. Like there's more now the because they changed the thing around the subs for health. So there's more subs now. Yeah. yeah it's 26 now maybe. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So you've got 11 guys on the field and then you've got a bench full of guys that are all, you know, massively paid international superstars. And those are the teams that are like at the top of the premier league every year. So yeah, yeah, Bournemouth isn't going to be there just yet, but um, you know, if Foley can get them even to be a middle of the pack team for a while, then right. Then it, then it's just building from there, but yes, it's pretty, it's cool. I think it's really exciting. It's it's really exciting. And it's great to see because I mean, like I've got a bit of a soft spot for Bournemouth anyway, because I think it's hard not to when you see what they what they did and what they've done. Brentford would be another one, and I and I can see Foley looking at other teams in this kind of mold. So Brighton and Brentford are two teams that have kind of in a similar place. Brighton are further ahead, but a similar place to Bournemouth. I don't mean location; they are technically all in the south, but of the UK that is. But the Bournemouth are kind of where Brighton were a few years ago. So Brighton now, ironically, are actually at the top half of the Premier League, but they've done that through shrewd purchases, through having a good manager, through you know just knowing who they are and playing to their strengths because there's no benefit to losing, right? So it's not like the NHL, there's no draft system. You mm. know, you have to you have to buy well, you have to you'll sell players, players that are great for you will move to bigger teams. Like you rightly mm. said, I mean Pulisic is the obvious one, right? So he sat on the bench Chelsea, yeah. he can't even get in the team. And right. this is uh, you know, this is a superstar 
arguably the best this is American American player, player out there. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't even get on the first eleven of uh, of Chelsea. But and it, it, that kind of is what it is. And and the way that the leagues evolved is the depth in squad. And I guess actually this is true to the NHL as well. Depth in squad has become important. So like with the NHL now having two lines of superstars, but the other two lines being dreadful is not good enough. You have to have four lines that are quality, yeah. um, or at least four lines that can have that do their job to a to a level of quality right. um whereas football i guess has evolved or soccer has evolved into being now about having those kind of impact players off the bench and there's so many yeah. games in the league um you just you need that level of squad so i think okay. as i said it'll be a tough year for bournemouth to stay up but i would see long term it being about you know getting in that brighton mold building slowly, 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 investing in the right things, investing in the infrastructure of the team, like the training ground, because you're going to attract players. But the, the key is is growing your own talent. Because again, because there's no draft system, you've got, you know, you want to grow your own superstars because that's the cheapest way to do it. And everybody mm-hmm. kind of works that out pretty quick is that having an academy and, you know, finding your own Pulisic or, Messi or whoever is is mm-hmm. is kind of the answer. So it's really interesting to see. I'm interested to see. It sounds sad, but I want to know. I'm interested to see if the sponsors and stuff change if they become very American. <laughs> right. It'll be vague. It'll be casinos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and now we have two American owners because uh, well, there may actually be more, but there's certainly two that I know of because Chelsea obviously are owned by an American as well. So it's right, uh, right. interesting yeah. time. So. It is an interesting time. I'll, I'll definitely watch that uh, excitedly just to see how things go over there. Obviously, Foley mm-hmm. is proven to be extremely good at what he does. It will be a challenge for him. I think you're right because it's, like you said, it's the Premier League. It's Things are different, but he'll, I imagine he will listen to his advisors. He seems very good at hiring people who know the system, right? And mm-hmm. and obviously, he'll be taking over an organization where there's already a lot of people in place and uh so yeah. it's, like I said, it's a sensible, if, you, if you're going to do it, that was a sensible place to, to enter into ownership, right? Like, um, you know, he's already got probably a solid team in place over there and I'm knowing him, I'm sure he's done all that research long before he pulled the trigger, you know? So I'll be excited to see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so the wrap wraps up our news. Now, in terms of games, because we've done this a week later this time, there aren't that isn't that much, I should say, to talk through. But I'm just going to pull out a couple of things from the Kraken this week and then throw over to yourself, JP, for a, a few thoughts on the, on the night's week. Um, Kraken's week, we said on the last podcast, this was going to be a very tough week. Um, in fact, it's a tough fortnight, to be honest, in terms of Kraken. Started with Tampa Bay uh, and we got absolutely smashed as I fully expected, Grubauer and Jones both had dreadful nights. Tampa Bay pretty much showed us where the gap is between the West and the East as they, they beat a 6-2. Carolina, much better evening. Grubauer had a fantastic night. Another 9-4, I think, save percentage, 9-4-4, maybe 9-4-something save percentage. But he had a good night. Still resulted in us losing 3-2, though, which is a bit of a shame. But a better night for him. And then last night, which was um, which we got in because we were recording a day later, uh, and we beat the Jets three two. So back at home now, our kind of stand over in the East is finished. So we're back home, and and a really good win, one that was needed in front of the home fans. Always good to win your home games, 
because that's when your fans are, are going to be there. Um, and Grubauer felt had a reasonable night. His save percentage looks a bit dreadful, but if you actually watch the highlights, and I would recommend watching the highlights because Jordan Eberle scores this goal, scored this goal last night, which was amazing. It's one of those ones where if I think another player had have done it, it would have been on highlight reels all over the NHL. But because it was Jordan Eberle that did it, everyone's kind of like, yeah, yeah. But he kind of spins. And then as he spins, he ends up like wrist-shotting the puck straight over the keeper in. Um, and it wasn't the game-winning goal, unfortunately, but it was still a very good, very good goal. Now, he may not have meant it, but I would guess, given he was spinning, that he did fully mean that that shot. So it was a... Fantastic goal from him. The one thing, and this is the reason why I'm bringing these results up, that I, I still have seen time and time again is the penalty kill. Both Jets goals, I think, were on the penalty, uh, on the power play for them. And it's a real problem. I know we talked about it before. I know we said, and I'm not going to go into it now because we talked about it in the last episode, but a week later, I'm still sat going, oh, God, we need to really need to fix that. So yeah. that would be my summary of the week, JP, is... Not a bad week. It could have been a lot worse. I, I thought maybe we were going to come away with all L's. So the fact that we got a win against the Jets, I think, shows that we're, we're probably in a playoff fight. But, um, but yeah, three big tough, gap yeah, between us. Three and tough East. teams, man. Three does really three tough opponents. So yeah, the fact that they beat one of them. I mean, Winnipeg. What is like what second in the West? I think so. That's uh, they were the hottest team in the NHL as well before you uh, mm-hmm. pumped them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, really, that's a little bit of that leveling out that you would expect in, in Tampa and Carolina, you know, no slouches at all. So, no. like you said, no. Seattle's still very much, like you said, in the fight. In the If they could rack up a couple more, couple wins in a row here, just right, like, like as long as they, as long as they keep, uh, even at 500 right now, they're going to be fine. But uh, it'd be nice to see mm-hmm. them string a little streak together, wouldn't it? It would. I just, Yeah. I mean, as long as we're in a playoff fight, I still class this as a successful season. So, 100%. so I want them to win some games at home. That that the the fans stuck through. Okay, one season, the first season, but like they they were selling that stadium out time after time after time when we were dreadful last year, and they deserve to enjoy come away from the Climate Pledge Arena, you know smiling and happy and of having a great night and if that means we lose games on the road and we don't make the playoffs well, so be it but the um the fact that we're and we're coming back in games i mean it must be really i mean i feel good that i i haven't actually got to the climate play arena yet but i i um yeah it must be fun to be there at the moment because we're seeing some good hockey so oh yeah absolutely and talking of good hockey although well, well, i haven't said that i was gonna say good hockey it was probably ruined by two nights ago somewhat but it started off reasonably well um i don't think the loss to boston was particularly anything to be ashamed about given we talked about that on the last cast in terms of boston being the league leaders but what's your thoughts jp after the week i know you guys played winnipeg chicago and the islanders what do you think after after seeing those three games yeah i think the 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 big talk around the fan base and and bears repeating here that they're not playing great at home and now they're, mm-hmm. I think now they sit right at 500 as their home record. Their their road record is outstanding, and that continued. Obviously, this week they swept their little road their little road trip, beating Winnipeg and beating Chicago. Um, yeah, the loss to Boston, I didn't sweat that one too much. Right? They we beat them there. They beat us here. Um, Boston's a, re- I mean, they're so good. Boston is so <laughs> they're good. very good team. Um, 
you know, really the other thing going on with the Knights right now is is uh, starting to get a little injury plagued again, which everybody's kind of anxious about that. Uh, you, you, you're going to see some wear and tear this time of the season, but it's been one of those stretches again where somebody's getting hurt every game. And then yep. we didn't discuss this on the podcast last week, but all, all Knights fans will know this, but Alex Petrangelo was out for a number of games because of a family health emergency. And he's back. He returned for the last game. As it turns out, he did, t- you know, they kept their privacy. Nobody knew what was going on, but he did share uh, when he came back to the team, what happened? And I guess his daughter, his four-year-old daughter got the flu and then it formed some sort of lesion on her brain. And basically she lost all motor function. So like they had a really scary, wow. his family had a really scary couple of weeks there where they didn't know what was going on. And she was in, you know, it was very bad shape. And then all of a sudden, like things cleared up and, she recovered very quickly. And so thank God for that. And, and, you know, obviously Petrangelo was relieved and totally get that he needed to be with his family. So he just returned. That's helpful to get him back in the lineup for sure. Um, and glad to hear that everything's okay there, but yeah, Eichel's still out. Um, stone got injured in the last game Mm -hmm. and, and, and went down the tunnel quickly came back in the third, but still didn't seem like he was quite right. So now, you know, nobody's sure there's a game today. So I guess we'll see yes. what happens there at home as well at home. And, um, you know, uh, white cloud is out is on LTIR. Mm, uh, he had a nasty fall, like basically his knee kind of bent the wrong way. So he'll be out months. And, um, you know, Howden's still on LTIR. It's just like the hits keep coming and, and it's just, everybody's kind of holding their breath. Like, please don't let it be like last year, you know? But, um, as far as this, the points, I mean, they're still doing just fine. They played 500 this week. And it's like, I always say, when you go through adversity, if you can kind of maintain 500, they'll, they'll be all right. And this is just how it goes. Right. So for me, the road record continues to be great. The Boston game, I didn't sweat that much. And uh, the loss to the Islanders was unfortunate. They played a better game than the score indicates, though. And I think two of those were empty netters, right? So it was, a, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. So you know how that is. The score doesn't always indicate what the game looked like. But, um, I mean, look, you're just, the way I look at it, you're just not going to be on a heater the whole season and, and you're going to hit these no. little patches where you're not at optimum performance and considering where they're at with health and, um, you know, that kind of balancing out or that leveling out that happens, I'm not worried just yet. The health concerns me a little, but, um, I don't know that there's any systemic thing we got to worry about. There's just a little bit of bad luck with the injuries lately. So, yeah, exactly. And I think stone would be the worry because yes. we highlighted, uh, him as a potential, certainly Mike did when we were doing the predictions podcast earlier in the season, but that yeah. he, you know, will he stay fit the whole season? Is it going to be long-term? Right. So hopefully it's, hopefully it's one of those ones, and, but. And interesting, like said, the injury doesn't seem to be related to what he dealt with before, which was his back. This yeah. was a, he took a shot, like a puck kind of in the heel, like it mm-hmm. kind of hit him from behind and he didn't react right away. Like there was a rebound and he turned around and shot that rebound 
and seemed like he was okay. And then all of a sudden he sort of reacted and then they had to help him off the ice. He couldn't put any weight on that leg, mm. but then he came back out and played in the third period. So people are kind of wondering like maybe a bit of a stinger, right? Like rather than a, hopefully not yeah, a yeah, fractured yeah. Yeah. foot bone or something, maybe just like one of those stingers where it's like, wow, that really smarts. And then got back to the dressing room and you know, they're like, no, 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 you're, he, he probably thought, okay, I think I'm okay. You know, probably gonna have a bruise or something. That's the <laughs> hope. But, you know, sometimes guys come back and play a third period and then they're out, right? The next game, yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's out. So fingers Especially crossed for Especially that, you know, something that leads, something that, that the injury swells after the game as well. Right. And then it becomes a real problem. You see that where they play through it initially because no yeah. doubt there's some injections or something involved. But actually exactly. the second they're not playing, then mm-hmm. it gets worse. Fingers crossed. It'll be okay. Your homestand's going to get tested, JP, because you've got the next three games are at home. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with Buffalo, yeah. Um, the uh, you know, see, so and Arizona's in that. Let me, Jesus Christ! If you're ever going to turn on a home, now's the time to do it. The next three games you've got are games you should win, uh, at least at least two of them. So they're uh, they're yeah. all winnable for sure. So yeah, 100%. if they could if they could win two or three uh, this week, that would be outstanding. Especially considering uh, right that the lineup's a little banged up right now. So. Exactly. Nobody can figure out what's the what's going on with the home record, but we'll see. That that may balance itself out with time as well, right? Sometimes there's an anom- some anomalies that go on too. It's yeah, it seems like a trend, but uh, we'll see. Exactly, mate. And like you said, still a positive week. You know, good wins against Winnipeg and, and Chicago, so, so nothing yeah. to be alarmed about. Yeah, they're hanging in there. Now we had to ask for some questions and we got some answers back. So thank you to everybody who put in questions. This is the last questions of, that might actually be the last questions of 2022. And that's, that's a scary thought, isn't it? Um, and we tried to keep them relatively Christmas focused. Um, so some are, some are less, <laughs> less ones, <laughs> but we're going to go through them piece by fit beast, finishing with the most ridiculous at the end and starting with the best and the better questions. So I'm pretty much, we'll start with your questions first and we're getting to our own at the end because they're just stupid. So <laughs> the, uh, the first one we had in, I love this question, which is why I'm going to start with it, but it's from Tim who said that, um, yeah, imagine that uh, the uh, rather rotund fella in the red suit is giving each team a move they can make that doesn't affect the cap situation. That's Santa Claus I'm talking about, just in case you weren't sure who the uh, <laughs> the big guy is. Um, and what are the moves that we make? Now, I know mine, but I want to. Are you ready to go now, JP? Have you got yours in your head? Who vague? If cap was no issue, so with the Premier League of the NHL, you can spend as much money as you like or have whatever cap you like. What is the move that Vegas makes? I mean, are you just talking like we're talking complete fantasy, money's no object, and assuming they could secure that player? <laughs> right? Is that what we're saying? I have to. We have to go. Tim wasn't specific enough in his yeah. rules, but I, I would say it has to be pure fantasy. Yes. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, if you're going to do that, then, then don't do the obvious one. Come on, JP. <laughs> You're going to do the obvious one. Well, I've got about three in mind, but I mean, (laughs) obviously, I would I would grab one of the the three giant scorers. You know, like (laughs) 
Matthews. You're going to say Connor McDavid, aren't you? McDavid. One of those guys. I I mean, I don't care. I'll take any of them. You you were that kid, right? (laughs) Yeah. He was like, it was right in his list. And he was like, and so it was, I want this. And I want that. (laughs) And <laughs> you get it's one not, choice. It, it's it. you get you get to pick one. You get to pick one. Get one, okay. yeah. and not um, McDavid. McDavid's off the table. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ma- uh, Matthews. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you wanted so, me to pick somebody other than those three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's pure fantasy, mate. I, I, I see. This is this shows the two personalities between the two of us you went you went straight for the the like the best player in the league yeah. whereas i i i obviously overthought it yeah. and was like so who would really fit into our yeah squad? into our lineup Not that mcdavid wouldn't actually fit into our lineup because right. obviously like you just shoehorn anybody else out yeah. but i ended up choosing ryan o'reilly right <laughs> okay okay yeah, Hear yeah, me yeah. Out. i could see that right yeah. okay because sure. He is technically on the trade block, which is why I felt it wasn't out the realms of realism. And I can't, when you look at, at Seattle, we absolutely suck at face-offs, which we do. If you look yeah. at the stats, we are horrendous at face-offs. And there's very few people within our team that can actually take them. And if they get thrown out, our wingers are even worse mm. than, our, than our centers at face-offs. So I yeah. felt like he, and he might shore up our penalty kill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not- that, McDavid. well and i'll tell you there was some logic behind my thinking other than because we've got a fair amount of depth in defense and that's showing right now we got miramanov and some of these guys are getting called up defensively speaking i was like i don't think we need more defensemen and the goalie situation seems pretty good i was just thinking like wow if you could crank the offense up even one more notch like that's a cup a cup winning team for sure. Like if you, you add, you add that much scoring with the scoring we already have. So that was my logic is just get as much offense into the, uh, pack as much offense as you can. But yeah, it's definitely the, that's the uh, childish, uh, I want the biggest shiniest <laughs> toy. So, but it's a Christmas episode, <laughs> exactly. right? It's supposed to be fun. That's what that's I want true. from Santa. <laughs> but yes, yours is definitely more logical. You thought about fitting into the lineup, <laughs> face-offs. I was just like, uh, more goals. Yeah. <laughs> more superstars. Yeah, exactly. So the second question, and I can't answer this because I can honestly say I have no idea, but um, it came from the real Mr. Hoot. Um, otherwise known as Thor, and uh, he, he asked whether or not we felt. Or he, or he was, it first starts with, "Is it just me?" Um, and the answer to that normally, uh, Mister Who, is yes. Um, but the, uh, in this circumstance, <laughs> is it just me, or has the Vegas captain been falling an awful lot? Uh, he said, "If you haven't seen the games, watch them. He's always falling, even without being hit," which I thought was hilarious. Now I can honestly say I didn't notice that, but. Have you? Uh, maybe a little. I think there's a. I feel like there's a couple of things going on with Stone. I feel like um, he had back surgery. He had some core issues, which made him skate a little, a little bit strange. I think last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's skating a little differently since his surgery. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. these things can kind of formatively make your body and your posture a little bit different. The other thing about Stone and. Every, you know, you'll hear this from all the commentators. He's not a particularly gifted skater. He's gifted in every other department. <laughs> he's he an outstanding is. hockey player, but he's not known for being an outstanding skater. He's improved, and I have seen him turn on the on the the, the afterburners when he needs to. But um, but that's not his strength, and so 
Right. I mean, the guy's not a gifted skater, which not only does it mean he's not super fast, but it also means, you know, he maybe doesn't stay on his feet as easily as, as some guys do. So I think maybe that's always been a part of his game, but maybe Mm. we're just conscious of it and he's the captain and there's more eyes on him and we're worried about him and his health. And so maybe we notice it more, but I feel, (laughs) you know, plus he's, he's a gritty player, right? So that means if you're gritty and you're in there banging bodies, you're going to end up on the ice a lot more. But I think uh, the real Mr. Hoot is talking about, he's, he'll blow a tire every once in a while and that kind of thing. (laughs) But, uh, I, I definitely notice it. I'm not sure that there's really anything going on. I'm more worried about his, that shot he took in the game the other night, hoping he's okay there. But, uh, it's a good point. Uh, and he does, right. He, he, you know, he skates a little funny, but, uh, I'll take it. (laughs) He's such a smart player, right? Right. He he definitely skates better than I do. I I don't, I don't think I can stand on skates on carpet, let alone on ice. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. And he's definitely got two eyes on him, as you were saying, Eddie, because, yeah, Mr. Hoot's just, just, following him around the ice <laughs> waiting for him to, to fall over so well and i think a lot I, i'm of, gonna be watching out the next game yeah a lot of fans have been extra worried about him this year i hear a lot of people mm. saying stone doesn't look right i hope his core is okay and some of that's a little bit of paranoia after last year and he's the captain he's such a understand important part of the team and so people worry about him more i'm not i think his so far i think his back's okay i don't i don't see what looks like he's dealing with the core anymore but it's so hard to say, isn't it? I mean, he played injured for so long, so. Yeah. And like you said, there may be small tweaks that he's made to his skating, which is right. he's just kind of getting used to. So Exactly, um, yeah. There you go. This is me sounding like I know what it's like to skate at that level <laughs> <laughs> when I don't. Um, so we're now moving into the ridiculous questions. And well, actually, this is quite a good one. So I'm not going to call... Well, they're not ridiculous, but they're they're more lighthearted, more fun. Say, yeah, exactly. More fun. Yeah. There we go. Because these are two questions from from Barrett, who's quickly becoming the question king. Um, <laughs> we've got a Jersey king. We've now got a question king. Question king. <laughs> um, so he said, for the holidays, uh, it would be fun to discuss the upcoming Winter Classic game, um, which I would say. I had forgotten the two teams in it, but I know that the jerseys are nice. So I think Boston is one of the teams in the Winter Classic this year. I believe. Please, I can say I can see JP googling away. Thank you very much. Uh, and <laughs> also, if the Kraken and the Knights play in the Winter Classic, what would the matchup be and where? Well, whilst JP's finding out, I can tell you, Barrett, the the matchup. I would like to see the Knights and the Kraken play each other in a Winter Classic. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, if it wasn't cool. the Knights, then it would have to be Vancouver because there needs to be the rivalry, and both teams could wear like the. Um, historic jerseys so the Seattle could wear the metros or the metropolitan sorry uh, jerseys because um, they're, they're gonna they, you know they're gonna make that jersey at some point right it's gonna happen mm-hmm. they're just waiting because they know that that's gonna absolutely fly off the shelves when they put it on uh, right. you know so they're waiting for the time to do it where is a very good question I probably don't know the areas well enough but when I when I first read where, I'll tell you what came into my head. And you know, there's that there's that massive um, um, the massive water fountain in Vegas, the the one that's always in the films, the big, big, big one in front of the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I suddenly I, thought the Bellagio. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I thought freeze that bad boy. <laughs> Skate yeah. on that. That's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> that that's your winter a- classic. 
you freeze the uh, the whole like water fountain, which is probably not big enough, but we'll make it work. It is, it's big and enough. You, it is. I thought it. Yeah, that's it's pretty huge. Big. No, no, no. You could have and a, you, you freeze that bad boy, and you play hockey on a bloody water fountain. Dude, that's what I that's, thought. That's outstanding. That's a, I love that. I'm not sure I could come up with anything to beat that, man. That's really good. <laughs> I like that idea. I, you could pull that off too. I actually yeah. think they could, they've done a lot of things out on that fountain. Like when we had yeah. the Stanley Cup final here, they had a stage floating out there. They had like a pregame yeah, performance out there. By the way, the winter classic this year is Boston and Pittsburgh. So that'll be a good Yes. Matchup. And they both um, have nice jerseys. I yeah. I'd say. I've yeah, seen exactly. Those too, yeah. But, nice jerseys. Um, yeah, no, that's dude, kudos. That's great. Yeah. On the yes. and you know, they already kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. And uh, you know, they already kind of picked an ideal location for the outdoor game that the Knights played against the Avs, the one that was in um yes. uh, Lake Ta- uh Lake, Lake Tahoe. Tahoe. Yeah, Lake Tahoe. I was gonna say Lake yeah. Absu, but it was Lake Tahoe. Of course, mm. it, the weather didn't cooperate that day and they had a ton of problems <laughs> with the ice, but I think that's to be expected in outdoor games. I think maintaining the ice is tricky, but uh, I thought that was, you know, for this region, that's a great place to have an, an outdoor game, it, you know, backfired on them a little bit, but, uh, but it was, it was, and it was cool too, that they didn't play in a stadium, right? They played, yeah, they just sort of played lakeside, right? Which was kind of unique and different. And I think, the, the Bellagio idea is kind of cool too, right? It's sort of a non-traditional yeah, outdoor game, but not in a big stadium. So no, I yeah. love that, man. That's great. There you go. So NHL, if you're listening, um, thanks, because you probably have listened to any other episode. <laughs> but if you are listening, do that. Did you know that there's already a tradition in place for that? Before we had the NHL in Vegas, there were at least one or two outdoor games that were played in Vegas on the Strip uh, I think I think there was one in front of Caesar's Palace, if I'm not mistaken. And I want to say it was between the Kings and the Rangers, maybe. So we have had outdoor hockey games in Vegas on the strip before. So there's a precedent for it. Wow. There you go. But nobody's thought about freezing Bellagio, the, yeah. the Bellagio fountain. Love and uh, I don't know how you would do that, by the way, but that's not for me to worry about that. I'm just the ideas guy. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> other people can so execute. There's, there's yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. Someone else can work out how you freeze that level of water um, <laughs> in a temperature that's very hot. Right. Um, anyway, so moving on from that one, uh, this is the one. So I've added to this because there was two things that we needed to cover. It's Christmas. Okay. So there was two things we definitely had to cover. One was movies and the other one is food. So starting with movies and we'll finish with food. Um, the question was, what is our favorite movies and why? So starting with you again, JP. What's your favorite holiday? I want to say movie because there's probably a few. What's your favorite holiday movies? Um, so my family, I grew up, we watched Christmas Vacation a lot. That's a classic. and <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. And I want to say that came out, I'm aging myself a little here, but it, it came out when I was like a, maybe early teens or something. Um, so it was a, 1989. Yes. Oh, is when it came out? Okay. Yeah. So that's about right. I would have been a teenager and, um, and I remember going to see it in the theater and then, yeah, we've kind of, my family's always watched that. So that's kind of a classic, a fun one. And then um, a little bit more of a recent film, this is sappy and more of a rom-com, but for some reason it's a, not even a particularly great movie, but it's, uh, 
it's a it's a guilty pleasure uh, the holiday and some people don't even consider that a, <laughs> a, a christmas movie but it's a guilty pleasure for me i don't know why i enjoy that film but i do it's uh, <laughs> you have to have it's a chick flick that. man it's a chick flick uh, yeah. it's actually he's <laughs> actually all right i have to say you know even though jude law plays this like typical british like, <laughs> kind of guy um, oh, like, dude, around and, and stuff it's not even bit. honestly the acting's not fantastic there's a lot of things mm. about it that don't work but there's just something kind of charming about it to me. And uh, it's one of those ones that I do. Uh, I, do on, I do like I it. it. Yeah. It wasn't particularly well reviewed either. So, but it's sort of no. stuck as a bit of a Christmas film, even though it doesn't really focus on Christmas that much. It just takes place that time of year. Right. It's like calling Die Hard a Christmas film. It's not really a Christmas film, but people, people consider it a Christmas film. So. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh no, that's Die you. Hard is one hundred percent a Christmas film. It is not a Christmas. It takes place at Christmas. Christmas hat. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, if that's all How it is... takes, <laughs> exactly. How is it not a Christmas film? Well, in that case, then the holiday is definitely a Christmas film. So, <laughs> all right, man. I, what about I, you? What I are love your... that we had. This is worse than your McDavid choice. You had two films you could choose, and the holiday made it into number two. <laughs> Um, so uh, the, the holiday is a reasonable. I will end up watching the holiday, by the way, because we always have to watch the holiday. There's certain Christmas films that okay. in my household I'm not allowed not to watch. Okay, so that's um, a big one in your household. Muppets Christmas as well, Carol huh? is one yeah. of them, and it, yeah. ironically, Muppets Christmas Carol is by far the best Christmas Carol film out there. I've seen lots of people have tried to redo the Charles Dickens novel, which I would recommend reading the actual book if you haven't. Um, but ironically, one of the closest to the book is the bloody muppets which is bizarre given yeah. you've got like rizzo the rat and all sorts in it but it's it is just a, an absolutely brilliant movie that stood the test of time not one of my favorite though although i do very much like it my favorite one and i do watch this one every year um is home alone i think that is ace it is literally if people want to work out why cinema sucks right now which it does um we can cover why cinema sucks another another podcast episode but the it's because they've forgotten what a movie is supposed to be whereas home alone is exactly what a film is supposed to be it doesn't take itself too seriously it's not trying to push any particular message or agenda or certain thing it's just stupid it's funny it's heartwarming it's got good acting. It is, you know, just like, it's just a great film that you can watch, even though you know how it ends and you probably can pretty much recite all of the bits, um, including the, the the bit where he puts the aftershave on. It's the bit and all that kind of stuff. Like you, everybody knows that film, and, but it is, it is, it is just a classically 90s film that is just absolutely without being actually stand out it is amazing so that's my number one without a shadow of a doubt that's a that's a good uh it's a good classic i remember seeing it in the theater and i i home alone is not my thing so much but i remember how hard the theater was laughing like i i don't know that i've ever been in a theater where like i went on opening weekend kind of thing and i remember mm-hmm. the, the theater was just in hysterics you couldn't even hear some of the dialogue because <laughs> People, the families were having such a good time. So no, no doubt, it's a Christmas classic, right? It's just, it's just so. And then you know what? If you actually watch some of the things about the film, there's some, there's some pretty like crazy things. So like John Candy when he did, you know, he he's the I can't think what the what the uh, polka polka band or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she goes polka, in polka. the thing, yeah. With yeah. <laughs> and like. 
apparently he didn't have the script. He just happened to be there on the day and he like said, yeah, I'll film. Right. And he like pretty much winged that whole part, which just oh, you, you shows why he, he was just an absolute oh, yeah. legend. Yeah. Um, John Candy's just so good, right. um, and uh, yeah, I absolutely love that film. The second film, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go completely polar opposite to a '90s like silly film. Is it's I know it's so such a classic. I know people go like, oh, you checked that one, but it's a wonderful life. I think it is. It for me that is a Chris. That is just Christmas. I love the film. I love the message. You know, it's very relevant in today's world, even as it was back in 1960. Mm-hmm. I want to say let's have a quick look yeah oh, no. <laughs> go back a bit further in 1946 yeah it was yeah, a six and a four in it somewhere little, little, yeah you just switched um, them yeah I think it's yeah it's definitely a little bit older than that yeah but, uh, but no, even even then about somebody who you know about appreciating what you have and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff I just think it's just a, a great it's a bit dated now I get that but it's still a great Christmas film so and the, and the message still is very relevant right it's it's maybe it might be dated in its production quality and and it right in the and from its time and all that but no still super charming movie I totally agree mm. Um, so that's, that's the favorite movies I, I have a quick honorable mention as well to throw in not exactly movies but do you i don't know if these were popular in the uk but do you remember the um the mickey's christmas carol so it was a disney cartoon version of christmas carol but with all the disney characters right with mickey is mm, yeah. and scrooge mcduck as uncle scrooge it was a short it wasn't really a movie it was like a 30 minute special that that probably aired on on a you know we had this thing in the u.s that was like a sunday night disney did this presentation every sunday Mm -hmm. night it was probably aired there first i'm guessing but that's another classic that i like to watch uh every christmas so just honorable Mm -hmm. mention in there not exactly a film but uh same kind of thing i always throw that on if we're doing honorable mentions then the other one that i will certainly be watching before december 25th is die hard one because it 100 is a christmas film and it's absolutely (laughs) amazing it's a great movie it's a great movie everybody (laughs) laughs about that it's considered a christmas film uh just because it's like well it happens to take place during christmas and that's about it but uh, they and they do um i think there's a scene where there's some of the soundtrack has like ironic jingle bells in it right That's so him. it's sort of yeah. nodding at christmas a little bit <laughs> i think he wears a christmas hat it definitely is a christmas film so um, and then the last bit before we wrap the, the episode up and the year which is crazy to say that but is uh, his favorite christmas food so what's your favorite christmas food jp oh boy um i must have missed that question because i didn't think about I this in know. advance what's that <laughs> You had it on. All right. So, favorite, so don't say Connor fa- McDavid, whatever you say. <laughs> favorite Christmas food. Okay. So yeah. actually, I th- I'm going to go with. So we have these sausages here that some Americans might not even know about these, but they're just called Little Smokies. And they're okay. these little, like, you know, they're kind of like an inch or two long. They're these little, just little tiny sausages. And you usually cook them in like a like a sauce. So like you would prepare mm-hmm. them, you would just pour the bag into a, maybe a crock pot or a, a slow cooker full of this mm-hmm. kind of red sauce. That's based. It's kind of barbecue sauce based, but it's got some other kind of zingy holiday kind of flavors in it. But, um, I love those and they're, it's more like a cocktail food, right? Like more like a snack food or, or an appetizer or something, but uh, I eat those uh, with my family that those are always kind of on the menu for Christmas. So little nice. smoky sausages. So 
Well, I'm glad I threw that question in because I've never heard of them. They have, they, yeah, I don't think they've made it. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to find them in the UK. Little smokers. Yeah, they're pretty good right. and and very American, but you know, specific. Some Americans might not even know what they are. So, <laughs> um, what about you? You know, I see. So some people always say they get bored of turkey because you know you have it on Christmas Day. Normally, it's leftovers. You have it. Honestly, I don't. Turkey and cranberry sauce together is just amazing. Add in all the rest of it, like your stuffing, your mashed potatoes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. You would like then, if that's your thing, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but we have a sub sandwich here that's kind of popular at some places that's essentially like Christmas or Thanksgiving in a sandwich. Like it's a sub sandwich. <laughs> Why am I not surprised you guys it's, have that? I know that's, that's very American, but it's like a sub sandwich, but it has turkey, cranberry sauce, and stuffing. <laughs> oh, Jesus and, Christ. And it has a name, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. I just want to look. <laughs> if you have anything else to say, I'm going to look it up really quick and th- throw it in there. Oh, but, uh, I will. Yeah, well, you, you definitely can throw it in. I would say that's probably my favorite. The food. So I've definitely got a favorite pudding. Um, and it's, it's such a boring one as well because it's just it's just fruitcake, which is people be like, oh god, so boring. But it's one of the when you have the icing on top, it's a nightmare to find it. I've literally I spent the last couple of days. This is so sad, but I've been with my job. I tend to do a fair bit of traveling, and I've literally been going into random supermarkets trying to find this bloody cake, which I managed to find tonight, which is which is cool. So um, so yeah. So I wish uh, my wife would be glad that she didn't have to listen to me whinge about not being able to find that cake. But it's that's, <laughs> that would be that'd probably be my favorite. So. I, What's uh, that thing called then, mate? Come on, you I, found that sub. No, I can't. You know, I can't. I thought it had a, a special name, but I think there's just a particular restaurant that gave it a special name. But Does they're it? just, uh, yeah, but it, it is a thing. Yeah, turkey sandwich, cranberry sauce, and uh, stuffing wow. on a sandwich. Like that's, I mean, yeah, I could see. You know, definitely. you get chicken and stuffing in a sandwich, don't you? So it's not out in the realms of... It started out as more of a leftovers thing, right? Like a holiday leftovers thing, but then stores started selling them. So yeah, it's <laughs> so American, right? But, uh, oh, it is. It is, mate. It is. <laughs> Just um, throw it on a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what this full meal needs? Bread. Yeah. So. <laughs> more carbs. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, look, I know this episode's been silly and we, uh, we covered some serious stuff at the beginning, but it's Christmas, so why it's not? It's festive, look, man. Yeah, we're having a good time. You know, it's, we've got enough time left to say that we hope everybody has a great holiday period. So obviously there's Christmas, but there's other holidays this time of year as well, like Hanukkah and, 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 and others. <laughs> I'll just caveat so just by saying, and others. Yeah. But um, Happy holidays, whatever you're yeah. celebrating over the next couple of weeks. You know, enjoy the time. Hopefully you get to spend it with your families, which is always the best thing. And we talked about food and movies, but the reason why those two things are so amazing this time of year is because of who you're spending it with. So, um, you know, getting to see your parents and all that kind of stuff or whoever it is that you spend the holidays with is, is obviously always special. So um, we hope you have a great holiday season. And uh, we will be back in 2023. You'll be glad to know. And date to be decided, but I would assume it will be one of the first couple of weeks of January. So there'll be a little break now whilst we're kind of doing our stuff over the holidays. And then when we get into a new year, we will we will be back. And we're trying to get Mike back on the podcast as well. And if you're listening to this episode, Mike, you've got some explaining to do, my friend, because your predictions sucked. So you're going to have to come <laughs> back on the podcast and explain yourself. Um, um, I'm going to have to download that shame thing or something just so we can get those like bells ringing shame. every time we read. Shame. Yeah, 
Shame. One of his to yeah, say, Vegas is looking pretty good to make the playoffs. Just yeah, he'll have a, he'll be a good so, sport about it. He even oh, he's he always even great already to have him posted on. on Twitter and was like, "Oh wow, I was can I take that back? I was totally wrong." <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have got some fun stuff planned in 2023 as well. So thank you to everybody who's listened to us throughout 2022, both this season and last season. Um, and you know, look, we appreciate all the interaction, the questions, the comment, the feedback, everything. You guys have been excellent. So thank you very much. Uh, Have a good Christmas, holiday season, new year, the whole shebang. And uh, we will see you both, or at least speak to you all in 2023. So see you soon. Bye-bye.